1991, I was the recipient of the ever so loving nickname, Tina Talk A Lot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal though, I actually really love to listen too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I'm super excited for you to be here. We're back with recording two episodes every single week. I'm super, super excited to be able to give you this much information on a regular basis. I have an awesome guest with me today. And once we start talking, you guys are going to be like, what? You guys are so similar. You have so much in common. Our businesses um, have I have aligned and not aligned and aligned back together. And so I have Lisa Mosby. She uh, has her own website that is just her, her name and a whole lot of things that fall underneath it. Does that sound familiar? Yes, that is me as well. So I love it, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to getting drilled and getting questions from Miss Tina. Yes, so fun. I love it. So Will you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey? And I know we talked about this before we hit the record button that we could probably record a podcast episode every single week and still not, you know, talked about all the things that we share in common or are about our businesses or the things that we could teach people. So just a short little snippet about what, what got you to where you're at right now. For sure. Well, I started life as a, 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 digital marketing person working and educating folks on how to automate their businesses. And I'll give you, you know, I, I should not say this, but it was in the early nineties. So I'm giving away my age right out of the shoot. Um, but I started training people on how to use notebook computers when a notebook computer hard drive was 20, uh, 20 megabytes. You know, it was small. We have more power in our phones than we did in those computers when I first started in that industry. So I've been in that educating people on technology place for a long time. And then I was married. My husband got sick. And I shifted gears and went to school to become a holistic health practitioner. And I studied herbs and food, nutrition, and and how we support our bodies into a state of wellness. And I ended up having a practice for about 15 years in Las Vegas, Nevada. And then in 2017, everything shifted again for me. And I became single after 29 years of marriage. And I jumped into leaving my practice, turning that over to somebody else. And now I get to support wellness practitioners, people who are in the field of wellness and want to make a difference and share the message that there is an alternative. There's a healthy way to get healthy. And so I help people get their message out. So now I'm, I'm historically, I'm a holistic health practitioner, but I really, my day-to-day focus is in digital marketing and helping people to share their message of wellness too anyone who wants to listen. I love it. Now everyone's (laughs) like, yes, I get it. Lisa and Tina are doing a lot of the same work. It's so (laughs) great. So, you know, a number of years ago, I had a, a conference that we did in person in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it was called the before conference. And the reason I bring this up is that it was, you know, broad umbrella was for small business owners in general, obviously not people just in the wellness industry, but I did attract quite a bit of that. But one of the things that the reason I guess I would say is that we created this conference was because I found that so often people were jumping into their after and not actually focused on the before. It's why it was called the before conference. So what are the things that you need to do to really set the foundation of your business 
before you take that next step. And so I'm sure you have plenty of examples where people have been in a position where they have maybe stepped out, right? They started doing something and then had to turn back around and be like, shoot, I didn't get these foundational pieces in place. Therefore, this is harder on this side. Are there some tools or um, kind of beginning stages that you would tell someone, you know, in this, hey, you're in a wellness business. You can't just teach, right? There's other things that you have to do um, before you're just out there blabbing about the things that you're up to. So I'll kind of pass that back to you as I go all over the place. (laughs) I love it. It's a great question. And I have to break down that answer probably into four different parts because there's structural tools. You know, we need to get all of those things in place. Your, your, your LLC, if you're whatever form of taxation you want to pay, if it's going to be sole proprietorship, um, taxation, all that legal stuff, that would be one section. How do you choose the name? How do you get that stuff registered? Um, the second area would be what tools are you going to use? Are you going to be online? Are you going to, you know, have a, have a podcast? Are you going to have a TV show? You know, what is the, the method that you're going to use to get your message out there? Are you going to do emails, texting, um, deciding that is going to be a piece of it. And so developing, and I call it loosely, I call it a business plan because we want to break these down and, and explore each of the options. If we don't know where we're going, it's like somebody flying an airplane from Minneapolis to Hawaii. If we don't have a destination, if we don't have a GPS marker, a target that we're headed to, we're never going to land on the island of Hawaii. It's just not going to happen. And, and so we need to know those things. I don't think that those are actually the first steps. However, the, the, um, the first step to me is actually defining why are you doing it? You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I had somebody in my family who was very, very ill and I was highly motivated to find solutions because when somebody is in pain and struggling and, you know, unable to function, it's a, it's a really strong motivator. And it's amazing how many people I have met in the wellness industry that that was actually their motivation, how they got started. Mom was sick. Dad was sick. They had a child who was sick. There's so many people in that realm And then they learn techniques that the rest of us need to know. And and I find that those are the people that I work with the most. Their why is so strong. It's it's almost a life-saving why in a lot of places. So I would, it, it sounds cliche and it's all over marketing is like, why do you do it? But the reason it's so important is if your why makes you cry, you will have the ability to stick with it. Being an entrepreneur, being a wellness business owner isn't, e- well, being any type of small business owner isn't easy, but when you're in the wellness field, you're dealing with people in emotional states, physical pain, um, they need change and shift in their life. And there's going to be some resistance. And in order for us to get them to that place, we have to have the ability to stay. And if you're why, like I said, if your why doesn't make you cry, you'll quit. You'll quit at the first sign of, of, um, difficulty. You know, when there's not enough money in the bank, then there are bills to pay. You'll quit and go get a real job. And so you've got to get it in your heart and your soul and in your cells. And if you can't get there, if you can't get a why to make you cry, you're not ready yet. Don't start yet. But if you find yourself in business, we need to define these, the structural tools, the tools that we're going to use to get the message out there. And then the other wheel is the marketing. You know, what, how do you want to represent yourself? What kind of, um, marketing tools do you want to use? What do you want your brand to look like? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Goodness, I love all that. And I'm just going to dive in a little bit onto the, the third one you mentioned, at least, which of course would probably fall into, like you said, number one is why are you doing this? I've, I've found several times within my own wellness business within doTERRA that people will get started, right? It's, it's, it's easy, I will say, to get started, especially in the network marketing. Um, you know, anyone can do it, right? So you get started, you tap into that hot market, and then when it gets tough, you see a lot of people drop off when they either have to move into their warm market or cold market because they do not have a strong enough why. And then it kind of trickles from there, right? They didn't set up a lot of the the tools, whether it be the actual systems, the marketing tools or anything, because it was easy in the beginning and they were able to kind of, you know, pull from all of this hot market. And I would say whether you're in network marketing or any sort of business, that is a lot how it happens, right? The way that you get your business out there to begin with is hot market. I look at, um, even when I started Tenacious, you know, almost 15 years, it's just crazy how long ago it was now. It makes me just like, ah, um, but even starting that, you know, that company, I look at my first few clients that I had, they were referrals from my husband. He had clients himself and he connected me with his clients that were business owners and, or whatnot. Right. And so then once I got through that, it was like, oh shoot, like, where do I find all these other people? Right. And then I had to go into the, like the number four, like you said, the marketing aspect of it, where I was now invited to networking groups because people found out I owned a business, right? So they understood, hey, to start out and to build your business card collection, you need to step out there and and show up in a way um, in person. And then I would say the next step is, is a lot of times online. Now, I know you and I both know a lot of people will jump right into the online aspect or think that that may be the way you know, to go right away. And does it work for some people? Yes. In my opinion, and maybe you have a different one is I feel like that's sort of uh, like buying a lottery ticket. Um, the idea of your business exploding just because you went online and online only is, is sort of, I would say, uh, unlikely. I have not seen it happen um, without there being first. I, I would just say, I haven't seen it happen a lot without their first being and in-person aspect to building their business. So I kind of went all over the place, but um, really to go back to the why, right? Like, why are you doing this? You said it too. People say this all the time. Any online course you do, anything you do, you hear it on podcasts all the time, everywhere you go. And it's like, if you haven't stepped into this space, if you haven't stepped into making sure your why is super, super strong and you're annoyed maybe even that you're hearing this over and over again, chances are you need to lean in because where it's not going anywhere, you're not going to stop hearing about your why needing to be strong, make you cry, you know, you actually stepping into it. So I love these four steps. This is really, really great, Lisa. Yeah. Um, I'll elaborate more on that. Why some people go, well, why it's for my family It's to make money. And um, I would say, yes, that that is probably at the very bottom of your list, but most of us have a deeper why than that. The why kind of comes from your heart and from your soul. 
And if you're struggling, if you're there, because I think a lot of the people listening to this, maybe business owners are getting started to become business owners in the wellness area. Um, what I would encourage you to do is define your core values because your why will probably come out of that. Some of the core values for me personally, this isn't necessarily for my business, but me as a human being, um, number one for me is actually trust. You know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And if they cannot trust you, if you cannot establish rapport and trust with somebody, they're not likely to do business with you. And so when you're saying, yes, we need to meet face, we, you need to meet people face to face, that helps us to establish that trust. Now it can be done online and there's certain steps to take to do that. Um, but wherever you are, it's like, what value do you bring to the table and why should people trust you? I think that's critical in the message that you're putting out there. And again, when we figure out why people should trust you, make note of that because it's probably part of your why. Another mm -hmm. one for me is, um, is uh, loyalty. You know, I, I'm big on loyalty, grace, and gratitude. Those are kind of my top four. Me as a human being, if somebody does business with me, those are things they can expect from me. But when they do business with you or with your company, what are those core values? So defining your core values is going to help you get a step closer to the why. But I do want to address a couple of the other things that you said, you know, the friends and family, like, you know, our hot leads, right? Um, are you are you no longer a member of the NFFL? Do you know what that is, Tina? NFFL? No. No friends or family left. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we always want to start with our friends and family. And it's important to give that message to our friends and family because we don't want to cheat them of things that can make, you know, save their life or make their yeah. life easier or help their help their health. So it's really important to get your message to them. But don't be upset if those people don't buy from you right away because it's they want proof. You know, even Jesus was not an authority in his own, in his own hometown. He had to leave his hometown and go share the message around in other cities and other villages. So we may not be an expert because they knew us when we were in diapers or they knew us coming through the trenches. So don't feel bad if somebody's not, don't let that derail you. Get serious, stay determined, decide to stay in your business. And if you are no longer part of the NFFL, there are other resources, there are lists. There are networking, like you had mentioned, and there are online options. So we can find leads for your business. Don't get frustrated. Yeah. Another one that you mentioned is, you know, doing it live. And I was one of those people that did eight to 10 networking meetings a week, all the time, every week. And I burnt myself out doing that. Yeah. And so what I learned from that experience is I need to be more intentional about my face-to-face -face experiences. Is the group that I'm interacting with my ideal client or are, will I find my ideal clients in that environment? If not, I'm just showing up for the sake of showing up and being busy. Busy work does not make the cash register ring. So we need to be intentional on those networking events. And what I found for me is creating a shared experience for people actually builds trust. And what I mean by shared experience is if I can do a webinar or a Zoom and invite those folks that may be interested or that more they're more of a targeted lead and have a conversation with them, that's a better networking opportunity for me because I get to share what I'm best at, how I'm serving. And then I can also get the people on that shared experience to share what they do and what their mission is. And we have a better conversation. You know, yeah. many times we show up at networking, we get 30 or 60 seconds to say what we do. Oh my gosh, who, who can express that? I need 15 minutes to introduce myself. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are just kind of my highlights of the things that you share, like the things that popped into my head really fast. Yeah, I love that. So 
I'm so with you on the friends and family aspect of things. I, you know, it's probably a little bit of trauma in my own business growth where I've watched people within my own organization within doTERRA run through their first, you know, 10, 15 people. And they're like, I'm done. That's all I've got. I was like, Oh, girlfriend, I know that's not the truth. Like if you're like, older than 18, you've been more than likely through high school and college. And, you know, maybe you've had a few jobs, like your connections are so much, there's so much more depth there. And I'm not saying whatsoever, do not hear me wrong in this, that I want you to just go spam every person you went to high school with. (laughs) But the more your message is out there, whatever business you're in, and I know we're not just talking about network marketing, but just in general, whatever business you're in, more than likely you have a pile of people that want to support you regardless, right? But I love what you said, Lisa, and don't feel bad if you don't have your closest connections, like knocking on your door, like, right? They want the proof. And again, that's within any business that you're doing. It took a long time for my family to understand what I was doing at at my marketing company. Like they were like, what? I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, they couldn't explain it to people. So I took some time to actually sit down and say, Hey, here, here is the ideal person that I want to work with. And this is what I will do for them. And it like light bulb moments went off for many people. Cause there are connectors all around you. And then they're instantly then like, Oh, okay. I get it. I know who you want to work with. And I have an example of this within, I would say, I call him a client, but he's also happens to be my husband. Um, he has a personal training gym and it's here at our house. It, you know, he was uh, in corporate. He um, had a physical location uh, in St. Paul. And then we decided to pull it back to our house. And so he trains people out of our, out of our home. Our garage is transformed into a gym and his ideal client is, is guys that have once had some sort of, um, I guess they were once an athlete more than likely. So they would usually look at my husband and be like, dude, you like stayed in shape. How did you do that? And he hears it constantly. And so they are attracted to that. Right. And they want to develop a, you know, some discipline and a plan. Like maybe they once had back in college or high school or whatnot. And it's wild to me, but it's actually happening on a regular basis. Like that's who comes to him. But it could have been really easy for him to take on all of his previous clients and, you know, all the females that want to train on a regular basis, or maybe that have a little bit more open schedule, which happens a lot because a lot of them are, you know, taking care of kids or whatever, but he stayed in line with here's who my ideal client is. It's these particular guys. And now when he posts something, this is, will maybe be irritating to people. It's sometimes irritating to me because I'm like, I post all the time and he'll post like once every three weeks and he gets a message immediately. Like someone resonates with it, but it's because he knows his people and his people know who he works with because he said it out loud. Now we could go into target market, probably a whole bunch, but I think that that's something for people to really think about because especially in our wellness world, of course he can train anyone. He could train anyone out of our gym, but when he gets to train the same type of person on a regular basis, it makes his marketing easier and it makes his job actually easier. Right. And so in the wellness world, I think we fall into this a lot because we want to help everybody because we we believe that we can, and we might be able to, right. We might be able to help quote unquote, everybody, 
but dialing in on that specific person is going to be helpful in so many areas. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass it back over to you, Lisa, because I'm sure you could share even a little bit more on that piece as you're working with people yourself. For sure. Um, I think with target marketing, you know, where I find most of the people I work with, um, their target market is themselves. It's you six months ago. It's you a year ago. And if you can identify who you were a year ago or six months ago, you can really start to zero in and, and people go, but I can help everybody. And it's like, yes. And you know what? As a mom, I could mother anybody. I'm not a mom, by the way, but, but moms could mother anybody, but I bet they have a preference on who they want to mother. Yeah. They're on children, right? Like that's who you are most connected with. It's, you know, you can be heart centered with that person. That person really relates to you. They can dig in, you can dig in with them because you know them. And so what I want folks to do is think of their ideal client as that. It's like, who is that person that you can get heart connected with, that you really know them, you can understand where they are because you've probably been there. And then where do you, you know where to take them from where they are right now. And you're going to have the best results and your clients are going to have the best results because you've already walked those steps in their shoes. And so for me, if you don't have a target market, if you have not zeroed in on that, that next year, why is identifying what that looks like for you. Plus the, the side note or the side benefit is, is if you're working with people who are having tremendous results that you enjoy working with and you can see yourself in, you're going to create that stick to that you need as an entrepreneur. When you start to create success, when you start to create those little wins in your business, you're likely to stay longer. Things will not derail you and you have a home base to come back to. It's like, here's the person I'm looking for. And if you're telling everybody that you meet, here's the person I'm looking for. When you're working with a client, here's the person that I'd love for you to refer me to. Um, you know, that's how I see people getting started started with a target market. Yeah. Um, well, and I love about that, it's like who you were six months ago, right? So a lot of times when people are just getting started, they're like, well, I don't have experience yet. I don't have testimonials from people yet. It's like, well, that's because you are your first testimonial. You're your first story. So I I love that idea of, hey, that's what that looks like. And I think I fell into um, a little bit of this, even though I teach this, I share this all the time, and I'll just be completely vulnerable here, is I started in doTERRA based on the business side of it. I love the products, but I love, I really, really, really love the business model. And so as I hit kind of my own wall and was like, wait, what is my why here? It, it really was tough for me because I did not start out with necessarily a big why on the wellness side of it. Our family had already, you know, was already disciplined in a lot of those areas and we didn't have, a, you know, a big ailment. We didn't have a big, you know, I was like, oh, sweet. These will make my house smell a little bit better. Like that isn't a why. <laughs> like, that just, it's just not strong enough to carry you through. Right. Right. And I found and some of you listeners may be able to resonate with this a little bit is I found my why wasn't actually necessarily attached strongly to the product, but, but the result actually that the business piece brought in and it then wow, stemmed way back. And I'm always talking with my hands, even though you guys can't see me, but if you know me in person, you know, I'm like, ah, hands are all over the place. Anyways. So I went back to why I even started my marketing company. And it was because I saw so many people struggling with the little steps and then 
either failing in their business uh, or just really waffling. And I still see that to this day. And I don't know, Lisa, if you primarily work with women or it's, you know, both men or women, but my why has so much gone to, I want to see women actually thrive like crazy in their own businesses. And I find that a lot of times either they don't take themselves seriously, their friends and family don't take themselves seriously, and their spouse doesn't because they've either jumped around to a few things or they really haven't seen that major success yet. And so they don't trust themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I, for me, that is that that's what breaks my heart. Like, that's the thing, like my why piece is I so badly want to see specifically women be able to grow their businesses, have that foundation of their business and actually see success. And if it happens to be doTERRA, awesome. But the reason I have this podcast isn't just for my team in doTERRA, right? If I wanted that, I would just go live in my Facebook group all the time, right? It's it's that I really truly want to help primarily females grow their business in exponential ways and still have that balance flow, whatever it is in blend, you know, in their, in their regular everyday life. So yeah. Anyways, that's a little ramble. I think that's where we have that. (laughs) That's where we're in common again. You know, um, in in the early years, I primarily worked with men, you know, in computer training, it was predominantly, you know, a masculine industry. From there, I was um, involved in in stock market trading and had run a trading firm, owned a trading firm. And again, it was all men. And then when I went back to school and started studying holistic medicine, I was exposed to a lot more women. And, you know, that's the moms, the the women are the... um, you know, I, I think maybe in doTERRA, you even talk about it, how it's like the mom's medicine cabinet, you know, our herbs yeah. and our supplements are moms, not that it's medicine, but, but we kind of yeah. use that coin lightly, or we, we use mm-hmm. that term lightly. Um, and so moms have the, they have the trickle down, they affect the health and wellness of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2017, when I found myself alone again, I had, you know, my husband was my business partner for 30 years, almost 30 years. And so I found myself alone figuring out how do I start over? How do I create this? I started working primarily with women. And what I learned was the people that I was attracting were me. They were women who had maybe gone divorced, gotten divorced, widowed, um, found themselves to be alone again after having been with somebody who was a, a contributing breadwinner. And now they have to figure out how do I make this business work? Not as a hobby, but as as my primary income to pay for the groceries, to pay for the rent, to get the car payments made, you know, all of the things. And so I started diving in more with those folks. And here's the biggest mistake that I personally made. And that is I was so thrifty and I had such tight purse strings because I was so worried about money that I repelled money. I didn't let it come in and I did not invest in myself. I didn't invest in the tools that I needed, the education that I needed. I, and it wasn't, I really didn't start to soar again until I brought in a business coach, somebody that could help me define my why, you know, write down my targeted client. Even if it was me that I was describing, I needed to write it down, see it clearly and say, this is the person that I want to talk to. You know, this was a year after, a, a, about a year later, after I'd been struggling out on my own, that I said, okay, I'm not making, this isn't working for me. I need help. So if, if our listeners, if your listeners are those people that need help, ask, ask for help, reach out to Tina, reach out to myself. There are people out there that can help 
to guide the ship. If you're really wanting to grow your business, if, you, if you're just starting, if you're struggling, if things aren't moving at the progression that you want for yourself, how can you get it to shift to that? You know, what's the help that you need? Can you define your why? What are your core values? Are you living those core values with yourself and with your client? And where are you going to go? What is the target? You know, are you headed to Hawaii and you don't have it? You don't have a GPS mm-hmm. um, locator on, you know, what does that, that target look like for you? And defining that is going to, you don't need to know the path, but having an, having an idea of where you're going to go, the path will present itself. So I hope that helps. I hope that lands yeah. a little bit. Well, I love, I love that analogy. I actually haven't heard that said exactly in that same way of like having that destination and actually visually seeing like, I'm going from Minneapolis to Hawaii. The thing that I think we could take that analogy even a little further, which I love doing is that that may not actually be your final destination. You may get there, right? And be like, sweet, this worked. And now I think I'm going to go to Texas or I'm going to go back to Minnesota. I'm, you know, I'm going to like, it's a journey, right? We're going to find ourselves in different places and that's totally okay. It's it's 100% fine. And I think this is part of the comparison that we don't talk about enough that we are comparing and are thinking people are comparing even or thinking about us more than they actually are. Like if you decide you want to change your path or correct it or like tap the pilot on the shoulder and be like, uh, just kidding. I don't want to go to Hawaii. It's okay. Right. Like it is okay. We can do that. One thing that I I learned from one of my many business coaches. So I love that you bring that up, Lisa, because I can't even imagine where I'd be if I hadn't had some resources. Um, I, I I fully, fully love that. We have that access, right? Um, shoot. Now I was going to say something about Mark LeBlanc. Now, what was I going to tell you guys? Oh, I, now I know. Good. Okay. Um, I got too excited about business coaches is that when you do make a switch that it takes about 18 months for people to now put you in that new category. So I felt that like real strong after I let go of my marketing company and went over fully into the world of doTERRA. I was like, Hey, who am I? And I think that's part of why it takes 18 months, right? Is people like need their own transition time. And then they, again, people need to be like, Oh wait, what do you do again? Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Until you're in that spot. Now, is there some ways I think we can speed up that like 18 months? Yes. I think one of those things is consistency. And I also think working with a coach for some of the things you were talking about, your target market, your why, your core values, who you are, and doing that as soon as you can and not letting it take too long before you're like, oh, in this kind of wishy-washy space. Um, and just like people leave uh, different companies, they they do change different businesses and it's absolutely okay. It doesn't, you don't have to, just because I found this or I want this destination or I'm here, that it, you have to stay in what you're doing. Now, I don't recommend bouncing from place to place all the time because you only have so many 18 months in your life of, of work, right. (laughs) To be able to do that and actually find success. Um, but I just want to give you permission, I guess, if you need it, that if the business plan, you set it out there and you're like, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And you decide, Hey, I'm going to do some course correction somewhere in there. You can, it's your business. That's the best part about this journey. Right. For sure. 
And I think sometimes we, we get hooked into the destination and it's not permanent. Like you said, it, it can change. And uh, when we have the destination, when we know where we're going and we can, we're talking in travel terms, but let's just say that you want to grow a million dollar business. You know, some of us have these aspirational goals, but what does that million dollar business look like? When we define what that destination is, it allows my family freedom. I get four months a year vacation, you know, where, where I can do two weeks at a time, where I only work, you know, two weeks a month. It's defining those pieces of that destination. That's why we're shooting for it. It's not necessarily just being in Hawaii. It's, 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 there's so much more to that final destination. And when we are able to do that, the journey actually starts to present itself. And you'll discover the stops along the way that need to happen to reach that destination. So we're talking about a vision, a bigger vision than just a dollar amount or just a, you know, a, a number of days off. Those are just pieces of that destination. And uh, the last piece that I want to share is not only do we want to know the destination, we want to we want to launch our business. So many times we go, okay, I'm in business. You know, we get the paperwork done and we start doing some some marketing and things. And uh, Tina and I were just talking about beforehand that she launched her website this past weekend, launched her new website. And it, it there's a conscious effort to say, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, and I want to launch my business. And it's so important that LinkedIn has now even created a feature within LinkedIn so that you can launch your business. You can tell people what you're doing. Um, if you have a LinkedIn profile, um, you know, it's already in there. So go ahead and launch your business. Even if you've been in business for five years, but you never actually launched, launched it, make the announcement. Tell the people that are in your network that, hey, this is me. This is what I stand for. This is my mission, where I'm headed. Um, and, and if you know of my idea, describe your ideal target. Um, person, please send referrals my way because I would love to serve them. So that was the last piece that I, I didn't kind of talk about with, with number four, with marketing, um, creating a brand and actually launching your business. And that's one of those steps that comes, I don't think it comes first. Many of us do it at the beginning. They decide they want to be in business and they just start telling everybody about it. But I think we have to grow into that business launch. It may not be the first month in business. It may not be for six months or even a year until after you've weeded the field, if you will, weed the garden. So we know what the tulips are and we know what the weeds are because we're going to make mistakes and, and we need to figure out what those mistakes are, course correct right then, and then really launch our business and say, this is my starting point. I'm ready to go. Quitting is not an option. I will get to my destination. That's yeah. what I'd want to leave it. <laughs> Good. I love that so much. Well, Lisa, will you share a little bit more about how you are currently helping people and how people can get connected with you? For sure. So um, my title is actually a holistic living expert because that's what I did for a long time as a holistic, uh, uh, holistic health practitioner. But I've shifted into a digital marketing advisor. And I say advisor because I find that many of the people that I work with know where they want to go. They just need a few tweaks and resources that they're not aware of. They want to learn out like what's available to them. And so that's my position um, as a digital marketing advisor, I can help folks with their websites, their landing pages. I have affordable entry-level tools for small businesses that I can get connect, get people connected into. And then if folks do need that, um, that coach or mentor to come alongside them, I'm there to be an accountability partner and to help them figure out what their next steps are. And I actually really try to teach people how to do it, or I teach their assistants or virtual assistants if they have them um, and come alongside them. I don't do the work for you because 
it won't last if I do, but I've found ways to actually support people by coming alongside them and helping them walk that journey to get launched, get started, and actually build their business using online tools. I love that. And Lisa, I think it's so important, especially in, in the wellness industry, that there is a you because so often as a wellness expert, as a, you know, whatever title people have, right? Right, They're really dialed in to that one thing they do really, really, really well. My husband is an incredible personal trainer and great with uh, nutrition and and healing and all of that stuff. Marketing, not so much, right? (laughs) And so to get their message out there, they, they need you. They need someone to connect with in that way. So Lisa, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure to just chat and bounce the things back and forth that we, we could talk, like I said, about over and over and over again. So thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we will be going to two podcasts every single week. Again, now that we're back into the fall rhythms and I'm really excited about that. I would absolutely love if you would shoot me a message and let me know that you're listening over on Instagram. You can find me at Tina Pettis anywhere online. And actually, like Lisa said, my podcast or my website is released and out there uh, to the world. So you can jump over to tinapettis.com to grab up any of the things um, that you've heard me mention over the last few episodes. And of course, listen to the podcast. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you later this week.